Okay. brother so uh, today what we are going to do is we're going to look at the seven resurrections that are in the Bible and uh, we're gonna look at maybe the first three or four and then next week we will look at uh, the rest all right so this is the seven resurrections all right so go uh, with me to 1st Corinthians 15 and uh, we'll read verses one to four. First Corinthians 15 verses one to four. All right, starting in verse one, the King James Bible says this. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, but which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And then verse 4, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures so the doctrine of the resurrection is very very important and why why would it be important this doctrine of the resurrection first Corinthians 15 verses 13 and 14 but so you see the the whole context here Let's read verses 12 to 19. You want to read that, brother? Yeah. <clears throat> it says, Now Christ be preached that he rose from the dead. How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Keep going all the way to 19. Okay. Yeah. And we, and we, yeah. And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Ooh. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are we are of all men most miserable. Amen. All right. So it's important, this doctrine of the resurrection, because if Christ did not raise from the dead, then our preaching is is vain and our faith is vain. 
it, it would be all emptiness. And, and so for, for me, brother, if, if somebody found one bone of Jesus Christ, I would quit preaching. I would quit ministry. Because it would all be vain. It'd be nothing. Right. It'd, all be, it'd all be emptiness. Right? But praise God, he rose from the dead. <laughs> Amen. And because he rose, we're going to rise one day, brother. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. So, <laughs> so a resurrection is a raising from the dead. Now, the resurrection uh, in the in the Bible uh, is spoken of as one event in John five twenty five and eleven twenty three to twenty six. So let's look at those verses. John five twenty five. John 5:25 And let's let's read 24 also Verily verily I say unto you he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life and then verse 25 Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. So that's speaking of one event, one resurrection there. Now look at uh, chapter 11, uh, 23 to 26. John 11, verses 23 to 26. You can read that, brother. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, Yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Yeah, so you see in those verses there that the resurrection is speaking of one event. Now, the resurrection also is spoken of as two events. Acts 24. Look at Acts 24. Verses 14 and 15. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they called heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. Then verse 15, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow 
that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. So the resurrection is two events there. Now go to uh, Revelation chapter 20. You'll see two events also in the resurrection. Revelation chapter 20 and verses 4 to 13. Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 to 13. You there? I'm here. All right. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again till a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On, this, on such, the second death had no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Verse 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall, have, uh, shall be loosed out of his prison. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corner, uh, four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, to the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of, the, out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works right so two resurrections there so with the resurrection there are two stages to the resurrection the first stage and we don't um we don't need to go over these verses here i'll just give them to you but the first stage is the resurrection of the quick, meaning alive. And that's found in 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. And then uh, the second is resurrection of life, found in John 5, 28 and 29. The third is resurrection of the just, found in Luke 14, 14. And the first resurrection, Revelation 20, verses 4 to six and then the second stage of the resurrection is the resurrection of damnation john 5 29 and then you have the resurrection of the dead first peter 4 verse 5 
and then the resurrection of the unjust. Acts 24, verse 15. Then you have the resurrection of the last day. John 11, verse 24. And then lastly, you have the time of the dead. Found in Revelation 11, verse 18. And in that time of the dead there, uh, you're going to see uh, tribulation saints, millennial saints. Right? They're, they're going to be uh, resurrected and uh, judged for rewards at the great white throne judgment. Okay. And so those tribulation saints are those that they do not take the mark of the beast, right? And they endure to the end. Mm. All right? And uh, they have the faith of Christ and they keep the commandments of God. Now they take that mark of the beast and, and they're finished. Now there is no salvation for them. That's right. Okay. So, so now there are seven resurrections that are in the Bible that take place in these two stages. So we'll, we will look at the first three or four today. The, the first resurrection is the physical resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. We'll read that again. Okay. Let's read 1 and 2 also. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And then he was buried, and then he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So that is the gospel that we preach today. That is the gospel, the only gospel that saves in this church age. Yep. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, is that according to me or you or any preacher, anybody? No. It's according to the scriptures. The scriptures say that Christ was buried and rose again the third day. All right. He died a cruel, horrible death, buried, rose again. That's according to the scriptures. Not anybody. So I'm going to ask. Do you believe the scriptures? I do, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I believe it from cover to cover, you know, but there are, there are folks that, that, um, 
they say like the the account of Adam and Eve, it was just an allegory. It was just a a, a story to teach a, les a lesson. It's not true. But every word of God is true. And if you do not believe every word of God, then you are not a true King James Bible believer. You either believe all of it or you believe none of it. Amen. So now let's go to Matthew 28. And this is the account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll read verses 1 to 7. Are you there? I'm here. All right. In the end of the Sabbath, it, it uh, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I want to say something about verse 2. And behold, there was a great earth earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now, why was it that the angel rolled back the stone? Was it because the the ladies could not do it? No. It's so that they could see inside. They could go inside and see. All right, now verse three, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not ye. That's authority, brother. Fear not ye. He said, don't fear. Fear not ye. For I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Now, verse 6. He is not here. For he is risen. As he, excuse me, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. So notice there in verse 6 that Christ is in the present tense. Why, why didn't the angel say he rose? Past tense. Why is Christ in the present tense? It's because Christ has no beginning and no ending. He's always in the present tense. Verse 7, 
and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there uh, shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. That is, verse 6 is one of the greatest statements ever made, brother. He is not here, for he is risen. Praise God for that. <laughs> Now go to Luke 24. Luke 24, verses 36 to 40. You want to read that, brother? It says, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Amen. So Christ is not a spirit. He has flesh. He has bones. All right. And one day, brother, one day we are going to have a glorified body just as the Lord Jesus Christ. We shall see him as he is, and we will be like him. Amen? Amen. Wow, what a day that will be. So this resurrection of Christ is his literal body. Right, now, there are some that, that say that the resurrection of, of Christ is, um, is, is not real. Um, I think there is, there's a couple of theories out there that, that the ladies went to the wrong tomb. But don't you think that if they went to the wrong tomb, they would have figured that out? Eventually. You know, and there's there's also there's also a theory, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or you know anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe it's called the swoon theory. And and that is that uh Jesus was only unconscious in the grave. But but when he woke up, you know, he come out of the grave. So, something to that effect. But my King James Bible said that Christ is risen. Yeah. The Bible is true. 
Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. So, the difference between Christianity and religions is that in Christianity, our Savior rose from the dead. No other has that. Muhammad still in the grave, Buddha still in the grave. Um, who who else? Joseph Smith still in the grave, but Jesus Christ is risen. Now, um, let's see. Uh, so this is this resurrection of Christ uh, is uh, referred to as the first fruits of them that slept. All right, First uh, Corinthians fifteen. First Corinthians fifteen verses twenty to twenty-three. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse 23, but every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. After afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. So Christ is the first fruits of them, of them that slept. So there are others that that uh, came with it. That's why it's first fruits, not first fruit. So there are others, uh, and uh, of them that slept, there are other resurrections, but yet. Christ is the only one to be resurrected to never have to die again. He's alive forevermore. But you're going to see some resurrections where those that were resurrected would have to die again. All right. So now um, I will mention since we're talking about the resurrection of Christ. I will also mention about his crucifixion. You know, and there is a common belief that Christ was crucified on Good Friday and he rose on Sunday. But in all actuality, that is not the case. Now look at um, look at Jonah one first. Jonah chapter one. All right, let's see. Jonah chapter one. 
uh, starting in verse 17, and uh, we'll go to chapter 2, verse 3. Now the, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed out of the Lord his God, uh, prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou hearest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep and the midst of the seas, and thy floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. So Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. So now go over to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 to 40. You can read that, brother. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. All right. So, so Christ says here that he is going to be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. So it is not possible to get three days and three nights from Friday because because it was in the afternoon all right that uh, that Christ died and was buried there's no way to get three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday morning so in all actuality, Christ was crucified on Wednesday. Was crucified on Wednesday and rose Sunday morning. Amen. All right. So that is that is the the first resurrection. But let let me let me say let me say something though. Um you you remember uh in the bible where it said that that um the the napkin that Christ had around his face when when he rose that napkin was folded up and laid in a certain place there do you know why that napkin was folded up It's it's because think about this. Um, there there is um, an Oriental custom that if if a man was eating his 
lunch or dinner or whatever, eating his meal. And then uh, he got up, but he was not finished. Then he would he would wad up his napkin and, and throw it down there. But or if he was if he was finished. Right, if he was finished, he, he would fold it up, you know, he would uh, just crumble it up and throw it down there. But if he was not finished, he would fold it up and lay it down. That napkin was folded to show that he is not finished and that he is coming back. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So let's go on to the second resurrection. This is the physical resurrection of Old Testament saints. All right. Go to Matthew 27. Matthew 27, and let's read verses 50 to 54. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. So notice that the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So remember first fruits of them that slept. So at Christ's resurrection, there were Old Testament saints that their bodies came out of those graves. There's many bodies, not all, but many. And they went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, those that rose, they would, they would die again. All right. Now, notice um, that many bodies of the saints which slept arose. So it's the bodies that sleep. It's it's not um, uh, what what they call it soul sleep. 
The soul doesn't go into the grave and sleep with the body. The body sleeps. So there is no such thing as soul sleep. That is a lie from the pits of hell. And so I, I have also um, heard preachers say that the holy city that these resurrected bodies went into was heaven. But that's not the case. The holy city there is Jerusalem. All right, so they went into Jerusalem. All right, now let's go to the third resurrection. This is the spiritual resurrection of church age saints. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 to 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. You can read that, brother, if you want. And you, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past and the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, when a person gets saved in this church age by believing and trusting Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, and his precious shed blood, then that dead spirit that they have, because re remember that man is a trinity, just as God, you know, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Man is a trinity also, body, soul, and spirit. But because of Adam, because he ate of that tree, he died spiritually that day, right? and now he is two-thirds man. He's not complete because the spirit died. So now everyone after him is born in the image of Adam and not God. Now they're born with a dead spirit. But upon salvation, then the Holy Spirit comes into that person. He performs a spiritual surgery. 
cutting away the soul from the flesh. He baptizes that person into the body of Christ. And that dead spirit is quickened. It's made alive. So now they are complete in Christ. Amen. Look at Colossians chapter 2. And let's uh, let's read verses 8 to 13. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now in the in the church today, brother, there are a lot of traditions of men. Yep. All right. And not after Christ. Uh, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, pay attention to verses 11 and 12. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So that is the uh, the spiritual circumcision, circumcision made without hands, when the Holy Spirit uh, cuts away the soul from the flesh. So the soul does not suffer the same consequences as the flesh. The flesh is wicked. It's evil. It's condemned to the ground. Right, so so your soul, if you're saved, your soul is cut away from your flesh, and now you are made free from sin. So when a person commits a sin, a saved person, when they commit a sin, it's not them that are sinning. It is their flesh. All right, and then verse 12, buried with him in baptism, when also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So there is Holy Spirit baptism. That is not water baptism. Now, there's a group of people that... Every time that they see baptism, they think water. But not every baptism is water. All right. Now, um, go to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 12 and 13. You can read that, brother. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Amen. So I I had a pastor one time that um, was a Baptist brighter. I I did not have any idea at that time what a Baptist brighter is. I, I did not know. But um, his son was the assistant pastor. And his son was the one um, conducting the service one, one night because his, um, his dad was away at some meeting or something. So his, so his son did the service. And um, he talked about... You know that uh, you know there's no there's no uh, Holy Spirit baptism you know that kind of thing, and so after the service I went to him, and I showed him this verse verse thirteen. So what what does that mean? And he said, "Oh, that's easy. That is the Holy Spirit calling us." To water baptism. There is no water baptism in that verse at all. You see there who is doing the baptizing. In verse 13. For by one spirit. Are we all baptized into one body. Spirit there is capitalized. So that is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit baptism, we're, we're baptized into the body of Christ. Water baptism does not have any saving power whatsoever. It's just an outward showing of what happens in a person's heart when they get saved. It's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no saving power at all. All right. So so now with with an unsaved person they have a dead spirit and a live body. But for the saved person they have a live spirit and a dead body, spiritually speaking. You say, well, how can we be dead? We're here. Spiritually speaking. And so that goes along with with what you taught on on uh, on your video. You know, spiritual, physical. Yep. Right. And and so we who are saved, we need to reckon ourselves dead to sin. Amen. 
A lot of us don't do that. We don't reckon ourselves dead to sin. But one day, one day, brother, we are going to have a glorified body just as the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Ah, what a day that will be, brother. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine what that day is going to be like? What it's going to be like to see Jesus Christ face to face and be like him? <laughs> my, oh my. <laughs> it's so hard to imagine what that is going to be like. But one day it's going to happen because the Bible says so. Yep. Yep. The Bible is true from cover to cover. Now, how does somebody get saved? Get baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit by believing and trusting Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. There is nothing else that saves in this church age. There, there is no prayer that, that saves. Repeating a prayer will not save being a local church member will not save. Giving to the Lord's work will not save. Being a good person will not save. Only Jesus saves. Amen. And, uh, and I will show you the transaction for salvation. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13. You want to read that, brother? It says that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, and whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. All right. So, so first of all, you hear the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Then you believe it. You trust it. And then you are sealed unto the day of redemption which is the rapture. That is the transaction for salvation. You know, the Bible does not say here uh, that after ye repeated a prayer, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. But again, I, I will say that, you know, I am not against prayer. Right. 
Not against it at all. I prayed when I got saved. But what saves is Christ. Believing his death, burial, and resurrection and trusting it. It's not what we do. What I'm against is soul winners going to a person for the first time and witnessing to them and, and then then say, um, you know, would you like to be saved? And they say, oh, yes. OK, well, then the soul winner says, well, repeat this prayer after me and you'll be saved. That's what I am against. You know, I'm against these soul winners pushing and pushing and pushing. And not even caring if the person believes and trusts the gospel. They just want the person to repeat the prayer. And then they'll say something like, you know, after they say the prayer, they say, well, welcome to the family of God. <laughs> but what but what if the person does not believe? What if they're not trusting the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? You know, by by saying, uh, repeat this prayer and you'll be saved. You, you know what that has the capability of doing? That person that they're talking to could very well be trusting Christ. But by saying, repeat this prayer after me and you'll be saved, that could take their faith away from Christ and put their faith in the prayer. Now, why would anybody want to do that? I I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a quota. You know, maybe they, they just want to be able to go back and, and, and uh, be able to tell their pastor that, you know, so and so many people repeated the prayer and they're saved. Could be. But only Jesus Christ saves. It's about what Christ did, not what we do. Amen. And then once we believe and we trust, we are sealed into the day of redemption. And the day of redemption is the rapture. Praise God. So now let's go. Let's go to first Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter four. And uh, let's read. Verses 13 to 18. You want to read that, brother? But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. So, so this is dealing with the rapture. All right. Yeah. Now, I, I think I, I could be. No, we're okay. We're all right. So, I, I was getting myself uh, confused there a little bit. Um, with the, the the physical resurrection and spiritual resurrection, we're talking about spiritual resurrection, but but we're okay with that. So let's go on to the physical resurrection. And so we read that. Um, now, verse thirteen. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. All right. So, notice asleep there, brother. You're going to see in Revelation, you know, at the great white throne, the dead. All right. Now you're going to see here in First Thessalonians chapter four, you're going to see asleep. So. Those who are asleep in Jesus, those are saved people. Saved are asleep. Dead are unsaved people. They're dead. All right. So now the Apostle Paul says here to sorrow not. Now, I mentioned this one time in, in a church service that. You know, if we have uh, saved loved ones, friends, you know, that that uh, pass away. You know, we are to not sorrow. And why is that? It's because. One day. We will see them again. We will be with them again. Even as others which have no hope. You see, the unsaved have no hope. Nope. They are going to die in their sin and wake up in hell. With no opportunity ever again to change their mind about Christ. But we who are saved, what do we have? We have the blessed hope. Amen? Amen. Titus 2.13, let's go there. Titus 2.13. Let's go there real quick. You want to read that, brother? Yeah, I'm still turning. Okay. 
Okay, it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, so we who are saved, we have the blessed hope. Yes. Amen. So one day, Jesus Christ, he is going to come into those clouds, only into the clouds, not, not physically to the earth yet. But he's going to come into the clouds and he's going to call the body of Christ, the church, home by name. Amen. That is the blessed hope. And, and so, you know, here in the Philippines, brother, we have a lot of earthquakes. Uh, there's, there's a lot of volcanoes here, uh, a lot of typhoons. Uh, things like that, and um, you know, a typhoon will come through, or or a um, a volcano will erupt, and and uh, then the next thing you know, on on Facebook, you you have these people that will post, oh, uh, volcano so and so uh, erupted, and and um, you know, people many people are hurt and whatnot, and so if you're not saved, you need to get saved now because these are the signs of the times. The end is coming. But in all actuality, brother, we are not to be looking for signs. Signs are for the Jew. Yes. So what are we to be looking for? We're to be looking for that blessed hope. Looking for Jesus Christ to come into those clouds and call us home by name. That's what we're to be looking for. Not, not blood moons or or what what is what is this uh this moon that um that I read about just a couple of days ago, uh, something blue moon or something. Um, yeah. yeah, we're we're not to be looking for those, you know, earthquakes, you know, typhoons, hurricanes, whatever the case may be. Signs are not for us; they're for the Jew again. So, so now let's let's go on in First Thessalonians. Um, verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say, verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord again. You believe the word of the Lord? I do. Amen. Every bit of it. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, 
those that have died in Christ, those that are saved, when Christ comes in those clouds and calls us home, those dead in Christ will rise first. They'll come out of their graves. All right. Now, um, I'll show you something here. Um, let's see. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. That trump of God there, that is not the seventh trumpet that is found in the book of Revelation. That is the trump of God. That is his voice. That is not a trumpet. All right, look at Revelation 4, verse 1. 1 and 2. Let's go there. Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And remember that this is only a type and picture of the rapture uh, with uh, John being a type and picture of the church, the body of Christ. All right. After this, I looked and behold, the door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Verse 2, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. So, you know, that video that you did, like and as, you see there in verse 1, as it were of a trumpet talking yes. with me. Like and as is a comparison. So it wasn't a trumpet. It's God's voice that we're going to hear. But to us who are saved, it's going to sound like a trumpet. But to the unsaved, it's going to sound like thunder. Look at Job 37. Job 37. And let's read verses 1 to 4. And you can read that, brother, if you want. At this also, my heart trembleth and is moved out of out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it under the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency and he will not stay them when his voice is heard.
All right. Uh, verse five. Okay. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which we cannot comprehend. Amen. So, thunder. God thundereth his voice. Now go to uh, John 12. John chapter 12. Verses 28 and 29. And let's read 27 also. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Verse 29. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. So to us, brother, his voice is going to sound like a trumpet. To the unsaved, it's going to sound like thunder. All right, so now let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. Then we, so, so the dead in Christ have risen, all right, then verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So if Jesus Christ was to come into those clouds today and call us home, we who are who are alive and remain, we will not taste death. All right. So we will meet the Lord in the air and we will ever be with the Lord. And then verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The rapture should be a comfort to us brother yes knowing that one day we will be with the lord forever we will have a glorified body just as he has we will be like him there will be no more troubles no more trials and tribulations no more sickness no more death we will be with the lord forever and ever praise god it's a comfort but yet so many of the brethren brother they want to put the church into the seven year tribulation period where they will have to endure until the end to be saved 
I I don't understand why anybody would want to put the church in a seven year tribulation period. I I don't understand it at all. I and I, I even heard a preacher one time say that you know the, the church will be in the seven year tribulation period, but God will prevent the church from taking the mark of the beast. He'll, he'll protect the church from doing that. But, but the Bible says that he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved, right? So you have to endure. If God protects the church from taking the mark of the beast, you you won't have to endure. So that don't make any sense at all. Just a big contradiction. Yes, a big contradiction. Yes. So uh, that is, brother, the, the first four re uh, resurrections that are in the Bible. Um, the, the last three are... Let's see. Resurrection number five, physical resurrection of tribulation saints. Number six, the physical resurrection of the nation of Israel. And number seven, resurrection of the dead. So we will go over those last three next Bible study, next Sunday. So do you have anything, brother, that, that you want to add or anything you want to ask or, or anything? Anything that you want to say? Oh, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this whole study. You did? Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it also. But I did I did get myself a little confused. I got a little ahead of myself. You know, with the, the spiritual resurrection of the church age saints and the uh, the, the physical resurrection of New Testament saints, but but it all worked out in the end. So praise God for that. So I am I'm glad, brother, that that you in, enjoyed it. And um, you know, is there anything new that that you learn from this? I just keep seeing the lacking ass of all of it. <laughs> the the lichen as yeah yeah that is that's a comparison the the lichen anytime you see a lichen as you know, it's yeah. uh it's a comparison so it was right back here, right back here in Ephesians whenever we got that Holy Spirit baptism and you said that the that the one pastor said it was you know us being baptized in water and stuff he just he was looking at that 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 physical literal baptism and not seeing that spiritual baptism. He's, he's right. Yeah. Uh, he he said, uh, you know, that is the Holy Spirit calling us to water baptism. But there's no water baptism in the context, though. Yeah, there's no water baptism in that. Yeah, that that's just uh, Baptist brighter stuff. You know, that's that's their doctrine, and uh, it's uh, it's heresy, brother. It's wrong. It's not. It's not correct. No. So, 
you know, but that, but that's what Baptist writers do. You know, uh, every time that they see baptism, they think water. You know, and and then you know, it's not it's not a true water baptism uh, if you were not baptized in a Baptist church. So, something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, but oh my goodness yeah so a lot, lot of a uh, lot of bad doctrines there brother so all right so uh that is the first four uh resurrections so uh i'm gonna go in here and uh i'm gonna play the outro and we'll be finished yeah. mm -hmm. 